1: grace and peace to you, and welcome to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas, a church that exists to help people like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. 10. And today we continue in a new study in the Word, and in fact this new series is called The Word. The Word of God is not just a source of learning, but a source for life. If you want to know the way, the truth, and the life, it's in the Word, but you have to Listen. Not just the words on a page, it's the author of the word, and he wants a relationship with you, and it's right in front of you. He's knocking on the door of your heart today. org has this full message, sermon notes, and series available for free. But if you feel led to bless this listener-supported radio ministry, then please do so today. It's a place to give at Reachingforreallife.org. Today's part two of the message called A Heart to Hear. Pastor Sean is in Matthew 13, and in the book of Romans, it's time for Reaching for Real Life Radio.
2: I want to suggest if you're living in the world and you're walking by worldly principles and that's where you're at and you're content with that and when you have a financial issue, worldly principles are what you, you go to. When you have a relational issue, I'm going to worldly principles. When you're building your family, you're building your profession, you're building your house, you're building everything, it's all worldly principles. Do you understand the word won't even make sense to you? Because it will absolutely contradict everything that you've built your life on and are comfortably... Walking in. It seems like foolishness to you because it goes against everything that you have built your life on. That's why Jesus illustrates with the birds. Because this particular individual, the seed never even goes in their heart. It's instant, never takes any root. It is just rejected. The enemy. What's the enemy? We're talking about the actual, we have a spiritual enemy, the world. The flesh, those are the enemies of the word and the kingdom being built in our lives. It's immediate loss because of rejection. See, the word of God is sown and people go, well, that's just wrong. And you're like, well, wait a minute, is that even relevant? Because why would someone be here in church and not believe the word or not want to hear the word, not want to grow in the word? You'd be surprised how many people are in the church but not in the kingdom. And how many people is a habit? I grew up in church. I, bought, I always go to church. My mom makes me. My wife makes me. My husband makes me. Somebody else makes me. And so I'm here. I'm here making someone happy. Look at me. Just listen. Sean is droning on. Blah, blah, blah. You think he's going to end early today? No, that never happens. So I got zero chance of that. Will anybody notice if I put my AirPods in? I mean, really, there's a lot of people, and there's people even who come to church and like, well, it's the right thing to do. It's the good thing to do. I want to be a good person. I'm no heathen. I'm an American. So I'm going to go to church. Or they figure, hey, I'm going to get my kids in church because I don't want them to be little heathens and hellions. I want them to get some good, I had a guy one time say to me, I need to get my kids some church learning. I'm like, that's not the only learning you need. (laughs) Didn't say that. But yeah, there's this thing of the, you know, the kid, we, we gotta do it for the kids, okay? We're married, we got this little kid, what are we gonna do with them? Well, let's take them to church. They could teach him right and wrong. All kinds of reasons why people might be in the church, but not in the kingdom. And when that person hears the word, because they haven't yet even decided I need anything or I want anything, it's like, oh, okay. And they just evaluate based on all the worldly wisdom that they've accumulated and that they live their life based on. And honestly doesn't even make sense. It seems like foolishness. See, Romans 1, 19 through 23 addresses this. It says, what can be known about God is plain to them, the people of the world. Why? Because God has shown it to them. Think about that. What can be known about God is plain. And this is talking about the worldly people who have rejected him. It's plain to them because God has shown it to them for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power. Divine nature has been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in things that have been made. So there without excuse. That's why when people tell me, Show me your evidence of a creator. I'm just like, How about the creation? Would that be evidence? I give you the world. Well, I'm sorry, that's naive. Really? I mean, it, it, what the word is saying is, wait, look around. You know at that time when you're out and you're in a beautiful mountain setting and it's just so beautiful, it takes your breath away. The lake is crystal blue. The air is cool and crisp. And it's just this most incredible thing. And you want to give thanks to someone because you know this isn't an accident. That's what he's saying. He's saying, so there, without excuse. And then he goes on and says, for though, although they knew God, they did not honor him as God. In other words, they, they had this evidence They could see the work of his hand, but they didn't honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. He's talking about our tendency to worship anything but God. Many can't hear because they don't want to, and they, they just have rejected so if you're, you're listening, maybe there's, maybe there's an uncomfortable ring of truth to that, and you're like, okay, how can you change that soil? What can I do about that? How can I change the, the soil when, when I realize the soil in my heart isn't even in the field? It's like the hard ground on the side of the road. I want to suggest the answer is pretty simple. If that's you, you've got to get in the field. <laughs> Many in the church aren't in the kingdom. And I want to say to you this morning, you can get in the field, whether you're here in person, whether you're following along online or through our live stream listen on the radio wherever you're you're hearing this you can make the decision today you know what i've been kind of flirting with this i've been dancing around the issue i'm going to make the decision to follow jesus i'm going to get in the field and the key to getting in the field is faith see it's real simple you got to choose to believe jesus more than you believe all the other voices And that's a simple decision. Decide today to renounce the world system and to follow Jesus. It's as simple as repenting of our sin. God, I need you. I need a savior. I'm a sinner. I'm lost without you. Repent of your sin and turn and say, I want you, Jesus. I accept your gift on the cross for my sin. See, our sin creates a death penalty. The wage of sin is death, the scripture says. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's why, why Jesus, because he paid the penalty. Justice is satisfied in the cross while mercy then is extended to you and I. God is just and he is merciful all in the same motion. It's beautiful. What you need to do today is say, yes, I want Jesus. I don't want to lead my own life anymore. I want to follow Jesus. And you can tell him that today. Lord, I'm a sinner. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for the gift of the cross. I need you. Please forgive my sins. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my leader. And help me to follow you every day. I want to be a follower, not in word, but with my whole life. I trust you. And I believe you more than I believe the lies all around me. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you are a follower of Jesus now. Because he heard that. And he takes that seriously. The secret to hearing the word is preparing the soil. Get in the field. Second reason Jesus highlights that many won't hear is because hearing involves risk. Hearing involves risk. See, the second enemy is hardness, and a hard heart won't risk change. It won't risk change. Remember what verses 20 and 21 said? It talked about the rocky soil. It receives the word with joy. But when trial or persecution or any hardship comes, it falls away because it doesn't have any roots. It's like you want the good news, you want heaven, but you're not willing to alter your life at all. It's like, yeah, I want, I want Jesus to be my Savior, but I, I don't really want Him to change anything. See, repentance means the, the, the core of salvation is repentance. And if you don't want change, you are not repentant. That's what that means. Because repentance means I recognize I'm walking along doing life, I recognize I'm a sinner, my way is hurting me, it's hurting God, it's hurting others, and I need to turn, that's what repentance means, to turn. So if you're saying, well, I want heaven, I want the good news, but I don't want to change, that's the definition of a hard heart that's not repentant. And see, Jesus says, that kind receives the word with joy. but The minute hardship or hard decisions, persecution, trials fall, come. It falls away because there's no root. That's the thing about rocky ground. It looks great on the surface, doesn't it? It looks great until you put a shovel into it. And then anybody who's ever had to dig in rocky soil is like, oh. But I'll tell you what, if you want to plant anything in rocky soil, you better dig deep. You better get your, your bar for breaking the rocks so that you can create a big enough space to put soil, soft soil, and let that plant you're trying to plant grow. If you don't, it'll look great for a while. The flowers I buy at the grocery store for my wife, they look great for a while, but they always die because they're not in the ground. They don't have any roots. Well, that's what happens to shallow soil. Now,
1: let's take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro, a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church, in this message called A Heart to Hear. It's in the series called The Word which is available right now on the sermon page at reachingforreallife.org. And while you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching, your gift of any amount helps this radio ministry continue to help others. Just find the donate tab at reachingforreallife.org. And in fact, your gift of any amount will get you the latest book from Pastor Sean Azaro. This is Reaching for Real Life Radio.
2: Now, when you think about a shallow person, sometimes, I think sometimes we, we think about that intellectually, okay? And, and I, don't, I think that completely misses the point. It's not, this is not an issue of intellect or mind. This is about heart. See, shallow is not a reflection of low intellect, as some people assume, but it's a true reflection of self-centeredness. And there's no heart that is harder a self-absorbed heart listen to romans 2 5 through 8 because of your hard and impenitent heart you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when god's righteous judgment will be revealed he will render to each one according to his works to those who by patience and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality he will give eternal life but for those who are look self-seeking isn't that interesting Self-seeking. And do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness. There will be wrath and fury. Notice the connection between a hard heart and being self-seeking. And we all are tempted with this. How do I change this kind of soil? How do I, how do I get rid of this problem? The word is surrender. Surrender. And some of you have accepted Jesus Christ, you love Jesus Christ, but you're like, why am I not growing? Why do I keep going around in circle, Same old, same old, same old. It might be that you have to do some work on this soil and that work is surrendering. Saying, Jesus, not only do I want salvation, but Lord, I want you to be the Lord of my life and I want to lead, I want, I want to follow wherever you lead. And that creates this softening in your heart It's not about me, Jesus, it's about you. I trust you more than I trust my own desires or my own instincts. I want you, Jesus. And the softening of the heart will begin. And when you begin to approach the word of God, you'll begin to see things because things that would have been unthinkable. You know what's interesting with a hard heart? You know what a hard heart causes us to? And the next type of soil does the same thing. It causes us to reinterpret the scriptures. When they get hard, we just reinterpret it oh, that doesn't mean what it plainly says because that's unthinkable. I couldn't imagine actually doing that, so I'll reinterpret it because now I'm a Bible scholar and commentator. Instead of just acknowledging, wow, the problem with that is it's hard. That's difficult. Someone asks me to go one mile against my will. An enemy asks me to go one. I should go two. Someone hits me. And I should turn the other cheek. Yeah, that can't mean what it says. I, I, I got to reinterpret it. And the fact is the gospel is full of all kinds of things. And you know what's beautiful about it? In, the, in that self-renunciation is where so much of the life, so much of the growth, so much of the joy springs from. The secret to hearing the word is preparing the soil. And the key to dealing with the hard, rocky soil is the key of surrender. Third thing. Jesus points out. Some lose the ability to hear because of distraction. And this is one that, man, we got to hear. We're American Christians. We love Jesus. We're following Jesus. But we live in the world of distraction. Okay? We all. I don't even want to. I would ask with a show of hands, but I'm not going to do it. How many of you have received and responded to a text during this message? Someone stop right now. Uh, Who's that? Whose phone is that? That's not mine. My kids, dang those kids. I mean, we live in a world of distraction. You get notifications, you get news stories, you get, oh, I didn't know this, did you know this? All these distractions. We live in a world of distraction. Some lose their ability to hear because of distraction, and that's what verse 22 talked about. He says, that's the one, and and you know what's hard about this? In Jesus' story, that's good soil, The soil is actually good. The seed grows up, and it begins to grow and emerge and mature. But it's not the only thing that grows in that good soil. There's thorns and weeds that choke the life out of it. It's overwhelmed by the things around it. He lists two things, the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches God, the cares of the world. Wait a minute, we're supposed to be people who are caring. Aren't we supposed to be caring people? Oh, so we want to be the uncaring people. Is that what you're saying, Sean? I mean, I, you know, I just care. Of course I care. And I'm in on the politics that, and the things that are happening. And I'm, and I'm in on everything that's happened in the world. And I'm involved and I'm fighting the fight and I'm standing. And all of a sudden I realize, oh, my heart is getting hurt towards a whole half of our population. And I'm beginning to hate people. No, I don't say that because I'm a Christian. I'm smarter than that. I never say the H word. But my behavior, my attitude, my actions, my posts, my blogs, all reveals this animosity. The cares of this world are choking the seed of the kingdom and the good fruit. Because see, it springs up and it gets choked, so it never bears fruit. Cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches well, good thing we don't live in a prosperous, wealthy nation. I mean, This is just, we, we have no idea how many of our non-negotiables are wrong. They're the wrong non-negotiables. How many of the things that we go, well, this is just normal, this is okay, are, are things that, that when we actually analyze them through the lens of Scripture and we listen for the voice of the Spirit, we go, oh man, I'm chasing after that thing and I've I've decided I have to have this, 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 and this and Jesus is saying, no you don't, no you don't. You don't have to have that. And all of a sudden when I realize, oh, when I start to change the non-negotiables, there's only one non-negotiable, him, his will, his leadership, his value system, his priorities, everything else becomes clear and the things that I do have, the wealth that I do have, We should not be ashamed of having resources. We should be ashamed of misusing resources. Having resources is a gift. It's a blessing of the Lord. Lord, thank you for that. How are we doing at using it? How does it reflect the heart of our Savior? And you're about, well, I'm better than most of my friends and my neighbor, definitely better than my brother-in-law. He's that guy, wow. Whoever you want to compare yourself to, it's just like, oh, I'm better. Yeah, no, no, no. That's not our point of comparison because, again, we live in a very wealthy, a very materialistic, a very self-focused nation. And I'm not saying we're different. Everybody's sinners. Every part of the world is, is sinful. That's why Jesus said it's really hard for wealthy people to enter the kingdom because of this right here. It is hard. It's hard to say no when you have it and you can. And it's legal. It's fine. And when everybody around you says, oh, that's good. But he says it's one of those things that chokes out the good seed and the good fruit that he wants to bring. How do you protect against this distraction? Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 gives us a plain path. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, talking about all the great people of faith listed in Hebrews 11, He says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. You notice only one of those is sin. The others, they're not sin, they're just hindrances. We're supposed to throw off both. Throw the sin off, but also those things that hinder that aren't necessarily sinful, but they're a hindrance. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer the perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That's how we protect against distraction. We say one thing, I want to follow Jesus. And then, if you have resources, use them as he leads you, as you are following Jesus, and you'll be in a good place. You'll be in a good place. Please don't get me wrong, there is nothing wrong with enjoying the blessings that God has given you. He gives blessing because he likes to bless He wants us to prosper in every area of our lives. But part of that prosperity is taking the resources he gives them and making them work in our life, in our family, in the neighborhood around us, in the community around us, in the world around us. And then those resources are a gift and a joy, and they don't become a chain that ultimately chokes out the fruit that God wants to bring in our lives. The secret to hearing the word is preparing the soil. Some lose the ability here because of distraction. Last thing I want to point out this morning is those who hear and bear fruit spend time preparing their hearts to receive his word. This is the secret to the good soil. We spend time preparing our hearts to receive the word. Remember verse 9, he who has ears, let him hear. I don't want my heart to miss out because I'm not even in the field. I'm just not interested in following Jesus. I don't want my heart to miss out on what he wants to say and do because it's shallow and self-focused and hard. I definitely don't want the fruit of my life to be choked out by distractions and the deceitfulness of riches. Three elements, I think, that can help us prepare our heart to receive the word, prepare the soil. First thing is to hear. In other words, be a seeker of truth. Listen. When you go to the word of God, I want to encourage you to develop. Remember we talked about, last week talked about just the statement, Lord, this is your word. This is the word of God. This isn't just the Bible. It isn't just some very wonderful Hebrew scriptures. This is the word of God. And the spirit of God is going to take the word of God and apply it to my heart and life as I listen. So when I go to the Word, my question should be, God, what do you want to say? Not what do I want to know, not what do I want to learn. God, what do you want to say? I want to hear you, because he gave this. And his Spirit is with us when we read it. And he wants to prompt us. He wants to speak to us. Hear, be a seeker of his truth. Listen when you are in the Word in prayer. Second thing is understand. Hear, understand. In other words, dig deeper. Dig deeper. Don't just look for God to say what you want to hear. A lot of times we do that. We kind of skim over until we get something that we like. And that's really messed up. But it's very common. We just kind of go through, oh, I like that, and underline that. "Mm, That's a promise I'm going to keep God. I'm going to say that all day long. Plan to prosper me, not to harm me. Mm." And There's nothing wrong with those passages that we like and are encouraged by But in other words, dig deeper. Don't just look for God to say what you want to hear. What is he saying? What does it mean? What would the people he originally spoke it to have understood? And what does that mean? How does God want me to take that understanding? And now, I want to walk in your word. I want to walk in your truth. And a third element that I think is required, and I want you to hear this. It is so important. For some of you this morning, this is the gem you need to take from this message. The third thing is simply to bear fruit. And this involves acting on what you hear and understand. Do you realize if you hear the word, God speaks powerfully and you all of a sudden know what God has said and you have tears, there are tear stains on your journal as you pray over the word. And then you don't do anything about it. It is fruitless. Fruit comes when you act on what God has said. And by the way, that's when the word comes to life because that's when the faith is engaged. That's when the power of God is revealed. That's when it's like, holy cow, God is really in this. He did speak. And I see him working now at my work with this customer. I see him working with my family. God, I see you working in real life. It's real. The way we bear fruit is we act on what the word has said to us. And I'm telling you, you start doing that, your heart's going to want some more. Your heart is going to want some more. And all of a sudden you realize, oh, God, thank you for bearing fruit. You have produced good soil in my heart that is open to receive and respond to your word.
1: That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio, and if you'd like to hear this full message in the series called The Word, it's available right now on demand at reachingforreallife.org. And we'd also love to hear from you on our contact page, or even better, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Please find that Donate tab at reachingforreallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Ratama Park, right next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. As Reaching for Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time as you travel the road to real life.